The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, and I am Leah Brenda Smith, and welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. This week... What do they say? We've got a really big show. The mechanics of letting go. I don't know about you, but I know for myself, this has been something that I've really been wondering about really my whole life since I was a very young person. And, you know, even with all the years of being involved with healing arts and different types of uh, metaphysics and relaxation techniques, there was a lot of hearing about, well, just let go, let go of that, just let go of that. Oh, Leah, let go. Yet nobody was really giving any ideas of, well, how do we do that? So I'm going to attempt uh, in the next hour to give us some uh, suggestions and talk about a kind of mechanics of letting go that came to me in uh, in earlier years. It uh, came to me through an energy of grace to help me with my healing. So I'd like to pass that on to you. You know, the normal sort of uh, or regular or sensible kind of idea with things is that, you know, in terms of healing, we have this idea of wanting to solve things or fix things or get rid of things. And people are always trying to help us out with that. You know, they give us a pat on the back and they give us great encouragement and they want us to move on and let go and, you know, forget about the past. We've all heard that live and let live, you know, move on with your life. And I totally agree with all of these things. It's really sound advice. You know, we often think about the past as our childhood, our youth, you know, our teenage years or It's good, though, to remember that the past is everything that occurred before this moment. Everything that occurred before this moment is the past. And we have all listened to someone endlessly or have been listened to endlessly as we go on and on about a relationship or a health issue, a work scenario, you know, some kind of a challenge with a friend or an injury. Or we've even listened and heard someone recount, you know, a bad restaurant experience and how they sent the food back, you know, several times. So we've all had those experiences of, in some way, holding on to something. 
And some of us are short-term holders, so to speak, and some of us are in it for the long haul. We can hold on to something for a very long time. I certainly uh, am in that category. So I suppose it's a good thing then to have had the experience of receiving this mechanics of letting go, this idea of understanding that we can free ourselves. We don't have to carry these burdens from the past our whole lives. Because sometimes it does take years to, you know, get over things or to drop a certain storyline from our thoughts or our feelings or our body or our conversation. You know, some of us are, are really firm about, you know, I've been like that since I was little and my mother was like that and her mother was like that and I'm always going to be like that and my children are going to be like that. So I'm here to offer a different way, a different approach. I wonder, you know, what is that big mystery? How do we let go of the past? It's clearly not enough to just say, well, let go of it. It's not sufficient even to understand intellectually, you know, that we should let go of it. And it's not even enough to want to let go of it. You know, it's natural for us to take an analytical approach. You know, we review and we revise our thoughts about a situation. We try to look from a new perspective. We try to assign meaning to why we feel what we feel or why we think the way that we think. We sift through our childhood experiences and, you know, sometimes we come up with a rational explanation for why we feel the way we feel and why we think the way we think, only to realize that once we've come up with our brilliant idea, it doesn't really change the energy at all, now we just feel a little smarter about what we're troubled about. And I have certainly had that experience on enough occasions to know that I know what I'm talking about there. We just feel smarter about it. So, you know, like many others, um, I grew up in the school of hard knocks and I endured a variety of challenges in my early childhood. And these experiences sparked in me not only a keen interest, but a necessity to explore human behavior, you know, to try to try to determine what makes people tick. You know, how could things go from being calm and harmonious one moment and then fraught with unpredictable emotional behavior and responses in the next moment? You know, why do people react the way that they do? I grew up in a very large family. And in that way, I was very fortunate to always have a group of people, you know, close at hand that I could watch and observe and try to understand human need, try to understand human behavior, all for the reason of trying to help me to understand what I was going through inside myself. And I came to realize that reaction's a chemical process in the body. It's like a, an automatic reflex. You know, like the amoeba, when you poke it, it moves away from the stimulus. Or sometimes you see it happen a different way. A person may react and become defensive by moving in closer when they feel that they're being provoked. And these reactions are governed by something called the amygdala. And in its simplest definition, it's a little almond-shaped mass of neurons in the temporal lobe of the brain. And that's responsible, you know, that gives us the, the fright-flight uh, reactions that we have. 
kind of like it tells you to be afraid. It tells you you're not safe. It tells you to get out of there kind of thing. So we have these reactions. And then I also notice that sometimes we're not reacting to our experience. We're just responding to it. And when we respond to things, that, that comes from a place of relaxation within us. You know, you re- perceive your reality and you respond to it, not react to it. So then there's that question. No, not that one, how to get the caramel in the caramel bar. The other one, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? No, what came first, the thought or the feeling? You know, with a little bit of self-awareness, sometimes we're able to track an unpleasant feeling. We're able to uh, remember the thoughts we were having just before our feelings changed. And sometimes with a little self-awareness, we're able to track the thought process by remembering what our emotional reaction was just before the content of our thinking changed. It's pretty clear that there is a relationship between our thoughts and our feelings. And some might suggest that our thoughts and our feelings happen simultaneously. Like our seeing, our senses of seeing and our sense of hearing. You know, when you're outside and you see and hear the cars moving on the road, you see the cars moving and you hear the cars simultaneously. So perhaps it is that we feel and think simultaneously. Or sometimes it seems that the thought comes and then we have the emotional reaction or we have the emotional reaction and then we are flooded with thoughts about it. Either way, let's take a simple approach here so we can lay a foundation down for what we're talking about and start to understand ourselves a little bit as energy. We are a... a complex, if you like, um, uh, energy vortex on the earth. We've talked about that in previous shows, how each of us is an energy vortex on the earth. And I'm not going to uh, speak about the whole matrix, if you like, of that and all the layers and levels and ways that energy moves. I'm just going to give a kind of a Coles Notes version or an abbreviation so we can understand Uh, how this all relates to letting go, the mechanics of letting go and our thoughts and our feelings and our body. So we're going to talk about layers of energy starting with the human body. So the physical body is the most dense or concretized. It's the dense part of ourselves. And it's where our cells vibrate with the lowest frequency. Our physical body is also the last place that an imbalance shows up. Whether that be mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual, there is a way that that shows up in our physical body. And then it's also the last place that where balance is returned, just because it's the most dense part of ourselves. So outside of that, we have something, we'll just call it the etheric body. And this is really our vital life energy. It animates our body and gives energy to our organs. And then we have the emotional body, and emotions have their own body. It's an energy body, your emotional energy body. Similarly, the mental body, thoughts have their own energy. They have their own energy body. Let's think of it this way. Think of your physical body for a moment, just like as if the physical body is the pebble, and you throw the pebble into the pond. 
and then you see the ripples. So think of the other energy bodies being like the ripples that are created by throwing the pebble into the pond. So the ripples make up the energy field around your body. And some people refer to this as the aura. And depending really on uh, what you're studying or your point of view or if it's an Eastern approach or a Western approach or uh, that type of thing would depend on how it is that people speak about it. Generally speaking, for what we want to do right now, let's just refer to it all as energy fields around the body. And, you know, you have your physical, your human aura and metaphysical and on and on. But for what we're doing... Let's kind of pick up an idea from the show on ESP when we talked about the Akashic Record, which is like the outer layer or aura of the earth and the record of all of life experience. Let's kind of meld that down to ourselves as individuals and think of that we have an Akashic aura. I don't know if anyone else uses that term, but it's something that I started uh, speaking about in the in the late 80s as a way of understanding what happens when we move energy and let go of things. So if you think of that we have an Akashic aura being the outer layer, and that's your energetic history of all your life experience. So you have your human aura, closer to your body, which gives the moment-by-moment energy output of your experience. And then, as long as everything is moving and grooving, so to speak, uh, the moment-by-moment experiences are then reflected into the Akashic Aura, which is really the record of your life experience. But when we hold on to the experience, then it stays more in that human energy field, in those emotional body and the mental body, those ripples that are emanating from around the body. So let's think of this for a moment. When we hold on to something, you know, an experience comes to us and we react. We resist or we take exemption to something that is said or something that is done, a way that somebody behaves. And it brings up an uncomfortable feeling, right? And then an unpleasant line of thinking. And we react because we don't like the feeling or we don't like the thoughts that we're having. And in the reaction, in the judgment of the experience that we're having, What we're really doing is interrupting the flow of the energy through us. And it becomes caught in our energy, caught in our energy field, caught in those lower vibrations in the mental body and the emotional body. So what happens then is when there are similar experiences going on around us or similar thought patterns going on inside of us, then that energy that is held captive, if you like, in the mental and emotional body and even at times in the physical body, it just starts swirling around again. So we want to understand that emotion is actually energy in motion. The nature of energy is movement, constant movement, bringing constant change. Emotions are the expression of the feelings through you. So energy moving through you, energy in motion. 
when we allow the movement of the energy through us, then there's no holding. There's no holding on to the past. Everything is free-flowing. And we are allowing the movement of life moment by moment through us, regardless of the content of the emotions or the thoughts. When you think of it in a day, that's a lot of moments of now. And in each of those moments, we're having an energetic output of our experience. And for the most part, what we are experiencing is just moving through us all the time and is reflowing. And so that is our natural state. Yet when we resist something or we take exception to something or react to something, then it's a total different story. You know, sometimes we hold on to something because we're blaming someone else for how we feel. Does anybody know how to do that? You know, we've all heard it and we've all said it. You made me feel and then whatever the emotion was. Or he made me feel or she made me feel or you make me feel. We blame the other person for the way that we feel which is really not true. What the other person did or said is about them. And what you did or said as a reaction or response to the other person, well, that's about you. So they do what they do, and then you do what you do. You're not to blame for the way that they feel, and they're not to blame for the way that you feel. And in fact, you're not to blame for the way you feel either. You just feel the way that you feel. And they just feel the way that they feel. So you're not responsible for another person's reaction or response to you. What you do or say is about you. Then the other person reacts or responds the way they did, which is about them. So even though we're interfacing with people a lot of the time, You're always responsible for what you think, for what you feel, for what you say, and for what you do, period. I'm going to say that again. No matter what's going on, no matter where you are or who you are or how you are, you're always responsible for what you think, what you feel, what you say, and what you do. And the other person's always responsible for what they think, for what they feel, for what they say, and for what they do. And that is always true. There are no exceptions to that. That is always true. Now, it may not always be true in terms of how we think about it, and it may not always be true in terms of how we feel about it, and it may not always be true in what we say about it, and it may not always be true in terms of what we do about it, but it is, in fact, always true. You're responsible for your energy And the other person's responsible for their energy. So let's carry this on a little bit and we'll talk about judgment for a moment. Okay? When a person judges someone else, it's always a statement about the person that's making the judgment, not about the person that they are judging. 
And we judge people's choices, their thoughts, their actions, their behavior. <laughs> Some people judge people's clothing and their hairstyle, you know, their line of work, what they do for a living, who they date, who their friends are, what kind of car they drive, and even how they drive their car, how they raise their kids, where they live, how much money they make, etc., 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 and all of this is really based on what our choices and what our preferences are. And it has nothing whatsoever to do with the other person. All judgment is about the judger, not the judged. When you are the judger, the judgment is about yourself, not the person you're judging. And when you are being judged... The judgment is about the person that is judging you and not about you. And I find that to be very good news. It really has helped me for a long time in my life to realize that all I need to do is to focus on my own content of judgment, whether that's judgment towards myself or judgment towards somebody else. I do not need to manage or handle or look after anybody else's judgment, even when I am directly being judged by another person. And that really helped me as a young person to understand, too, that I didn't need to defend myself. Because oftentimes what I was hearing from other people in terms of judgment I understood was not about me at all but about the other person. So, my experience with healing has taught me that imbalances begin when we hold on to things. And healing begins when we accept things exactly the way that they are. And through investigating these ideas in my own experience, I recognize that anything from the past that I'm holding on to is because of a lack of honor, a lack of respect, a lack of acceptance in some way about something. Often it's a lack of honor or respect or acknowledgement or acceptance about myself in some way. So in essence, you know, we become stuck in the past or more accurately, the mental, emotional energy from past experiences is still held in the mental and emotional body and has not been reflected into that Akashic aura, which is really where it belongs as part of our history of our life experience. So in fact, the letting go is really letting go of it from how it is affecting your life moment by moment in the new experiences that you are having. Because when you do let go, it's still part of your life. It's still part of you, but it's in its proper place. Kind of like thinking of, you know, that it's like putting the files back in the filing cabinet. You know, you have your experience of your day and then you put the files that you used back in the filing cabinet. 
So we always have that record of our life experience. And once things are reflected into the Akashic Aura, then they're not held in our energy field of our mental, emotional energy that we need every day, moment by moment, for all the new experiences that are always coming, moment by moment by moment. You know, I've often heard people talk about feeling defeated in their experience of healing. You know, the statement goes a little bit like this. Well, I thought I already healed that. And I'm so pleased to say the good news is that you did already heal that. And you healed it exactly when you thought you healed it. But sometimes people have the misconception that the experience is coming to prove that they cannot heal. And that's just not the case. It's just not the case. It's important to remember that when you have a similar unpleasant reaction to something in the present, it's not coming up to prove to you that you were unsuccessful in healing that issue when you thought you did. The experience is here because something in some way needs to be honored or respected or accepted, or acknowledged in the present moment. So it's not a statement about the past. It is a statement about what is needed in the present. Even though through our lifetime, well, we cycle through our emotions and our feelings and our reactions and our thoughts, and they seem similar and they feel similar and they are similar and they have that sense of familiarity because it's all you. You know, we, we will always have the tendencies, if you like, or the energetic earmarkings to react and respond to things that we have in younger years. No different than um, uh, having been a smoker, uh, that you will always have that as part of your history of your life experience. doesn't mean you'll always smoke. But it's a good thing for you to be mindful of and to care for yourself about it so that you don't go back to that habit of smoking if what you want to do is be a smoke-free person. Yet you still need to respect that about yourself. So things have become complicated because... The education and the information about who we are as energy and how our body and our mind and our emotions and our spirit works all together in a cohesive balance is not common knowledge in our culture. The wisdom's not passed down in our families. It's not taught in schools. And it's not part of our religious education for those of us that have a religious education. So we end up muddling around trying to figure it all out on our own. And you know, it can be especially difficult for individuals that have experienced early childhood trauma because the trauma affects the energy field and it can leave a child vulnerable to other incidences of trauma. In earlier years, a friend of mine was trying to understand some of the things that I was going through as part of my own healing from early childhood trauma. And I thought about it for a bit, and then I explained it to him in this way. I said, imagine a young child in the early developmental stages, you know, growing separate from the parents as a natural part of development, 
forming an identity, developing their own self-image and self-esteem as an individual. And then the child experiences an intense trauma or an experience of abuse. And think of that self-image. Think of it as if that self-image shattered into many smaller pieces, like a mirror when it shatters. And literally, the child is left in pieces inside of themselves. You know, often children are abused by caregivers, and sometimes it is by family members. And often out of fear or confusion, the child doesn't tell anybody about what happened. And then they're left even more alone and even more afraid and trying to make sense out of the experience and find the pieces of their broken self-image. So this leaves the child totally vulnerable to repeated incidences of trauma. So as I mentioned earlier, I have had a great impetus to find a path of healing so that I could recover from my own experiences. And little did I realize at the time that this path was going to lead me to all, so many opportunities to partner with other people and to help other people with their healing as a teacher, as a guide, as a practitioner of various healing modalities. And now, even now, here in this moment on Come Back to Your Senses Radio, sharing techniques so that you can apply these for yourself and for your loved ones. And, you know, the world is indeed a wondrous, wondrous experience of grace. And these understandings came to me through grace. And I'm just uh, so grateful to have the opportunity to be able to share these experiences with you. And in that way, help some of you to help yourself or to help others that you know that may be suffering with how to let go of the past. What is the mechanics of letting go? So now that we have a foundation, a kind of understanding in place, let's start up. Let's start at the beginning now. So think of a camera taking a picture. When the camera takes the picture, it captures the image exactly the way that it is. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't fix anything. If your eyes were closed, then we see your eyes closed in the picture. If someone made a peace sign over their sister's head, well, we'll see that in the picture. The camera takes the picture of the image exactly the way that it is, with no judgment. The camera doesn't say this is a good picture, it's bad, it's funny, it's lovely. No, you just get the image exactly the way that it is. So let's bring that idea to our experience, especially when we're feeling burdened by some past event. Now, whether it happened this morning or a moment ago or 10 years ago or 40 years ago, just take the picture of the experience you're having exactly the way that it is. And what that means is to feel the emotion. Be aware of the thoughts. Notice the body sensations. Just allow the experience to be there exactly the way that it is. Honor the experience. Let it be. Accept whatever it is. 
And life has taught me then we ta- that when we take this approach, then whatever is held in the emotional body, whatever is held in the mental body, whatever is holding on in the physical, the mental, the emotional body is there because it needs to be experienced. It needs to be accepted and honored exactly the way that it is without judgment. And when we do that, the energy honors us back by becoming, again, energy in motion, moving through the energy fields around the body and then being reflected into the Akashic Aura as part of the history of our life experience. Because the reason that it's held in those lower energy bodies to begin with is because when we had the initial experience, we resisted it. We didn't allow ourselves, we didn't let the experience move through us. Let me give you an example of how this understanding came to me. Many years ago, I attended a palliative care course at Algonquin Algonquin College. And we did a unit on sudden death, which certainly triggered a lot of emotions and thoughts about my own experience of my mother's sudden death when I was a teenager. The program provided the opportunity to release a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings from the past that were still held in my mental and emotional body. And I was so grateful for that. Even aside from all of the other things I learned in the program, this was the most precious thing for me to have that opportunity to have a deeper cleansing and a deeper healing from that experience. And then shortly after that particular unit in my program, I split up with the person that I had been dating. So, I landed right in the middle of an experience of grief in the present. And some of you are familiar with how that whole story goes. You know, you're driving in the car, the mind starts wandering to thoughts about the relationship, the tears start coming, the grief starts to overtake your sensibilities. And usually that by that point, if not before that point, you stuff the emotions back, you resist the movement of the energy through you. Well, which is exactly what I did. And then a few minutes later, the energy came up again. And this time, this time I had a shift in my perception. I had a different conversation inside of myself. I encouraged myself to surrender to the emotion. I said, what I've been doing in the past doesn't work for me. I want to try a new way. So I thought that I would surrender to the emotion. I opened the floodgates, so to speak, and just let myself feel the grief. After all, it's a very natural response to breaking up. The emotion was there and needed to be expressed. It needed to move. Emotion, energy in motion. Then a few moments later, I noticed I was driving in the car and I was singing. Now that may sound surprising to you, Well, you can imagine how surprised I was. One moment I'm in a deep state of despair and grief, and the next moment I'm like free as a breeze, singing in the car. At first I was totally dumbfounded. 
then I was curious. I kind of looked, you know, as if my experience was on a timeline and the left was the past. And I kind of looked to the left and I went, oh, right. I was feeling so deeply upset a moment ago. And then I look to the right and I go, okay, I let myself, I surrendered. That's what I did. I surrendered and let myself feel the energy. And now here I am singing in the car again. And I thought, this is very powerful medicine. And a little while later, a thought came up about the relationship again. And the emotions came up again. And again, I surrendered. And I let the energy move through me. Again, a few moments later, I was amazed at how quickly the energy had moved through me. And I was, once again, <laughs> feeling lighthearted and singing in the car. So by watching the process, I was able to understand an important shift that had occurred in me. In early times when the thoughts and the emotions started moving, I would often stop the feelings and distract my thinking so I wouldn't have to feel the uncomfortable feelings. Or I would start to cry, and while I was crying, in my mind, I'd go through all of my thoughts about what I was feeling. The relationship, what I said, what the other person said, what I did, what the other person did, what I should have done, you know, the story round and round and round. I would cry about what happened. And when I took this approach, it took me a lot longer. What it actually did was it took all of my energy. And it would last a really long time. And I would feel exhausted afterwards. I'd want to just go and sleep or eat to numb out the feelings. You know, we've all had that. I felt miserable. You know, we feel sorry for ourselves. You just want to crawl under that proverbial rug, so to speak. So then I had the contrast by recalling the old way of approaching things and then having this new fresh experience and the new experience that I was having was totally different I was surrendered to the experience I was letting the emotion move through me energy in motion emotion is energy in motion I wasn't crying about what happened I was crying because of what happened which brought a totally different experience when I surrendered to the movement of the energy through me, with no resistance, I experienced the pure emotion of grief, which moved through me deeply and intensely and quickly. And it took only a few moments or sometimes a few minutes. And then I was always returned to this place of lightness, this sense of freedom and relaxation, a state of grace. I honored how I was feeling, and the energy kept moving. No drama. No trauma. No story. No resistance. Just pure emotion. So it's interesting to note that as human beings, we have a great capacity to move energy through us. And just as we tend to resist the flow of what we call negative emotions through us, sometimes we also resist the flow of what we refer to as positive emotions through us. 
you know, our capacity for love and happiness and joy is immense. Yet, we also tend to restrict the flow of those pleasant emotions through us. You know, we all have our limit, right, of how much is enough or how much is too much. Some would suggest that our capacity for joy, for pain, for the opposite ends of the spectrum is the same. So to the degree that you can allow love through you is equal to your capacity to allow grief to move through you, is equal to your capacity to allow joy to move through you, etc., etc., with all of the emotions that we feel. It is in our own judgment that we label them good or bad, but in reality, they're all life experience. And without the judgment and without the he said, she said, without the drama and the trauma, it's just all pure emotion. So let's bring a little bit of information from a previous show, the previous show on ESP. Think of it this way. When we grieve about something, we're in our beta brain, our ego state. Our experience is filled with he said, she said, if only I had done, it's all my fault or it's all their fault or whatever the story is. Then in this new approach, when we grieve because of what occurred, we've moved into a higher state, into an alpha or theta state. We've moved out of the ego state and into our psyche, which picks up the impressions of who we are that the conscious mind doesn't perceive. And then from this shift, from this shift in perception, this shift from ego to psyche, the shift from the beta through the alpha to the theta, we're able to experience emotion as pure energy, as the essence of the emotion itself without the added attraction or distraction of all our thoughts about the emotions or the scenario associated with emotions. And in that way, we're having a perfect experience in the moment. The emotion starts moving, we surrender, we allow the emotion to move through us, and we're returned to a natural state of relaxation and enjoyment. Letting go really is about allowing the movement of energy through us. Emotion is energy in motion. Let's talk for a moment about mental-emotional healing in the context of last week's show about Reiki. I mentioned that in second-degree Reiki, there's a healing symbol that's given for use on yourself and for others for mental-emotional healing. And when you use the symbol, it quiets the conscious mind, again, moving from the beta to the alpha to the theta, which allows thoughts and emotions that are stored in the mental and the emotional body, again, energy and motion, to move and be reflected into the Akashic aura, the record of your life experience. I sometimes think of it like, uh, you know, those worksheets that we were given in our primary school where you match the picture to the word. But in this case, it would be matching the mental energy with the emotional energy or matching the thought about the experience with the corresponding feelings about the experience. 
And this is kind of uh, what happens when we use the symbol. It it cleans our mental emotional files. You know, you think of mental emotional, hmm, M-E, me, all about me. That's what your mental and emotional body is. It's all about me. All about that ego aspect of the self, those lower vibrations. We use the example of grief to explain the shift in perception or to explain this mechanics of letting go. But this same approach applies to any emotion, actually to all of your emotions. And it's also a very potent approach to help let go of any kind of trauma, trauma, drama, drama, trauma. Issues in your tissues. <laughs> and it's a useful companion, really useful companion on the road to recovery from experiences of abuse. And even often people don't remember the details of their experiences. You know, their memory may be blocked by the conscious mind because it's just too traumatic. Yet the individual may still feel the emotions and the sensations in the body. You know, you can still take the picture of the experience exactly the way that it is. Even if all you remember is a sound or a smell or even the light in the room or the feelings in your body, you can just start with whatever you can recall from the experience, whatever that might be. You know, sometimes the event is so traumatic that you need to go slowly and be very uh, uh, compassionate and respectful with yourself. Going at a pace that you can manage, where you can honor whatever it is that you're ready and willing and able to experience and accept in any moment. And then over time, your capacity to take the picture of the trauma, it, your capacity will increase as you honor yourself by taking these baby steps. If there's a physical component to the abuse, it's common to experience the trauma moving out of your physical body as well, not just that experience of it moving the energy moving with the emotional and mental body, but the actual physical body. And I've experienced this, I don't know if you think of it kind of like if you were to uh, uh, rewind the, the DVD and put it in reverse, right? You run the film in reverse and that's kind of like the idea of the trauma unwinding out of the body. And in a particular, specifically a, a program that I took, uh, cranial sacral therapy, in the second level, there is a whole component of learning for a practitioner of how to assist people with unwinding trauma out of the body. And it could be any kind of trauma, whether it's trauma from abuse or trauma from an accident or, or an injury or trauma from uh, even the birthing process. So that experience of the trauma unwinding out of the body, and I experienced that over a period of several months, sometimes several years, depending on what is held, as I had said earlier, what is held in the tissues. And we had talked in a previous show also on bone medicine about how we can clean that life experience off and out of the body, out of the bones. So really 
trusting and breathing and relaxing and allowing the movement of the energy, allow the energy to move through you as it lets go from where it's held within you. And again, it's reflected into your Kashuk aura and simply becomes part of that beautiful history book of your life. So if you feel that you need someone to accompany you through the releasing of an experience that's held within you, there are many skilled practitioners of many different modalities that can assist you. No matter where you live in the world, there um, are people everywhere now that are practicing healing arts and that have the sensitivities and the sensibilities to be able to accompany people through their healing journey. I know for myself, I've found that Reiki and cranial, cranial, craniosacral therapy have worked particularly well for me. You know, I was able to just lie down on the table and relax into the experience with the support of a guide, with the support of a practitioner there, so that I didn't need to be on my own with the experience. This approach that I've been talking about uh, is also extremely helpful when you apply it during times of physical trauma to release pain and trauma from injury or even chronic pain. You know, my experience have taught me that when there's physical pain and discomfort, it's because we're holding on in the body. I mentioned in a previous show that I used to have chronic pain. I was very held in my body from my life experiences, from the traumas that I experienced, and I was very held in and very held on in my body. And as a result, I did have a lot of physical chronic pain. You know, we tense up physically and our mind will fixate on the cause of the pain or even we might become afraid of what might be wrong in the body when there's pain. But when we relax and we breathe and we allow ourselves to take the picture of the discomfort, just let yourself experience the pain, it will often subside and I mean it will subside but at times as well it will totally release so it's good to remember that the past is everything before this moment and the future is everything after this moment and sometimes we have a situation where people are fixated in the present on the future so they're kind of like they're holding on to the future uh, in the present which in some ways may not be that different from holding on to the past in the present when you're holding on to the future especially through worry remember worry is like praying for what you don't want and sometimes in the present that's what people are doing they're in their mind in the future worrying about all the things that they're thinking are going to come up in the future. So the past is everything from before this moment and the future is everything after this moment. And the place of real uh, enjoyment in life is in the present moment. And we all naturally have an energetic printout of everything that we experience in every moment. Emotion is energy in motion. When we are in balance and harmony within, everything is flowing nicely. 
we experience life moment to moment. Our experiences are recorded energetically in our physical body, in that etheric body that animates the body and gives the energy, the vital life energy to the organs. And we have the emotional body and the mental body. And then all of that is reflected into that outer layer, the Akashic aura, which is the permanent record of your life experience. Now, in our experience of life moment to moment, moment to moment, when we experience life moment to moment and allow whatever it is that we're experiencing without any resistance to move through us, then everything remains balanced. If in our experience of life moment to moment, we have an experience And if we resist that experience and don't allow the energy to move through us, then the energy becomes held in one or several of those subtler energy bodies. But the very good news about all of this is that there's always another moment. And as long as there's always another moment, there's always another opportunity to allow the energy to move through you, to allow yourself to take the picture of the experience exactly the way that it is. And when you do that, then you will naturally, you'll be returned to your natural state of relaxation and enjoyment. And it's good to uh, kind of make an exclamation point here for you to understand that In all of what we talked about, never once was the conversation about judging the experience good or bad, saying the experience was right or wrong, saying that we, how could you, how could you accept that? How could you honor that? It's not about any of that because whatever you experience is what you experience. It's your own reality. It's your own experience. And even when what you are experiencing is a reaction or a response to what you see and or think or feel about what's going on outside of yourself, it's still your own experience. And it still doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. It's, (laughs) you know, sometimes we hear that. They say, well, it's not all about you. Well, in terms of what we're talking about here, it is all about you. And in every moment, there is that new opportunity for you to just allow whatever the experience is to be there. We resist it. It's normal. We resist it because it's uncomfortable, because we don't like it, because it's challenging, because it's difficult. And in the resisting of it, We think we're resisting it because if we resist it, then we don't have to have it and maybe it'll bypass us or something like that. But that's not how it goes. The story goes that what you resist persists. And what we're looking to do is think about energy as movement, change, energy in motion. Life is motion. Life is moving moment by moment. Change. And your emotion is 
energy in motion, that's the way it's designed. It comes up, it moves, it flows. We resist it, then we're holding on to it. So really, whatever it is, I encourage you, you know, work with this new approach with the stuff that's a little easier for you first. So you kind of build up your own even sense of confidence or your own sense of stability with what it is that we're talking about. Because for some of us, this is a real radical change from what we have thought and done and believed and uh, pursued our whole life. And sometimes, you know, we can do a big change like that and make a big shift because we're ready and we're ripe and it's like, yeah, yay, let's go. And other times, like I said, in some situations that are more difficult, we need to go a little more slowly and take our time. Do baby steps, one step at a time. But the good news is, there's always another moment. There's always another opportunity to allow the energy to move, take the picture of the experience exactly the way that it is, and you can be returned to a natural state of relaxation and enjoyment. It's been a real pleasure for me today to talk to you about all of these things. That, I mean, we've talked about some difficult things, and I'm so grateful to have been able to move through these experiences so I could be here on Come Back to Your Senses Radio and share this approach with you to share about the mechanics of letting go. I am your ever, ever, ever grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio and look forward to sharing in the conversation next week. Okay, relax and enjoy. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.